a whole series of ways that your claim can go sideways. So that's what brings us to our topic for today, the importance of appealing. If the VA reaches a decision that they don't have enough evidence to prove your claim, they will deny the claim. And at that point, you have a couple of options. You can say, well, all right, I give up and go away. Or you can appeal. And the reason why it's so important to follow the second commandment and always appeal is that if you give up and walk away, what happens is your claim stops. So you have a certain amount of time to file an appeal. And if you go beyond that and let the claim expire, if you come back two years later and decide you want to pursue that claim again, you can't go back to when you originally filed. Instead, you have to start the claim all over again. So it's critically important to always file an appeal and keep that process moving forward. Welcome to the Victory Over VA podcast. A podcast about empowering veterans to overcome denied disability claims. Each week, we deliver critical insights to help you understand the disability process, veterans' benefits, and how to take control of your legal rights. Now here's your host, Tony Francis Jackson. So folks, today we're talking about the importance of always appealing and how you can maximize your benefits and get all the benefits you're entitled to. Welcome to our podcast, Victory Over VA. I'm Francis Jackson. I'm a VA lawyer. This is your guide to unlocking your disability benefits. If you're a veteran applying for benefits, subscribe to the latest developments in VA disability by listening to our podcast. This podcast is for veterans and those who care about veterans, those who are family members of veterans, those who are friends of veterans, and been doing this for 30 years and have lots of experience. But specifically, back to the show, today we're going to talk about the second commandment. That is appeal always. And we're going to talk about how that can protect and maximize your benefits. So to understand the importance of appealing, you need to understand how the VA process works. So let's begin at the beginning. The way you get veterans benefits is by filing a claim with the VA. And there are a bunch of ways you can do that. You can do that online. You can do that by getting the form from online, printing it, and filling it in. You can go into the VA and fill out a form. But the big change from years ago is that now you must use the VA's form. Typically, you would start off with Form 526EZ, although there are some other special appeal forms that you might need, but typically you would start there. You submit that form all filled out with any supporting information to the VA, and they'll put it in the queue for them to process. And once they get to your case, they will look to see if they think they have enough information to process your claim. In, in a large number of cases, they will get back to you and say that they need more information. But in some cases, they will go ahead and start processing your claim. And you need to understand how the VA works. Say you were in Iraq and you were near the explosion of one of these improvised explosive devices, IED, and you get your foot blown off. Well, the VA can see that injury. They can rate it, and in all probability, your claim will get granted, 
and you'll get started to be paid quite promptly. But say you were at that same scene, same explosion, but instead of getting a, 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 an observable injury to your foot, what you end up with is uh, a concussion that results in a traumatic brain injury. Those kind of claims, the VA doesn't have a way to see that injury. They have to rely on reports and tests. And most of the time, if you file a claim like that, you're going to get turned down because the VA can't see it. So what will have to happen is that your claim will get denied and will have to be developed. Now, sometimes in the process, the VA will at least try to help you develop the claim. They'll start by getting all of your military records. They'll look at those records. They'll look specifically for any medical entries relating to the nature of the claim you've made. For example, if you made a claim for an injury to your foot, they would look in your medical records for medical treatment regarding your foot. If you made a claim for a traumatic brain injury, they would look in your records to see if there's any evidence there of medical treatment for a concussion or post-concussion syndrome or any of the similar kinds of problems that follow a concussion from a bad explosion, such as migraine headaches or other related kinds of problems. So once they look at those things and decide if they have enough evidence or not, if they don't have all the evidence that they think they need, they will often set you up for what is called a compensation and pension exam. Just means they would set up an examination. So f for an injury to your foot, they would probably have you examined by someone who is familiar with orthopedics. In a traumatic brain injury case, you would probably be asked to see a psychiatrist or psychologist. They might do psychological testing. There are different ways that they would approach developing your claim depending on the nature of the claim. So once they start down that road, it can take a while, but eventually they will decide either that there's enough information available to prove your claim, or they may decide that there's not and deny the claim. And a lot of my clients liken it to the process of going through an insurance claim. Essentially, the VA takes the position that it's your job to prove your claim to them. You've got to provide the information that's going to show them that you're entitled to benefits. And there are any number of reasons why you can get denied. You can be denied because they can't find the records showing that the event happened. There's no record in your service events about being there when the IED exploded. Or they may decide that there's not enough medical evidence. You know, they've got evidence that you were there when the IED exploded, but they can't find anything in your records about TBI. There are a whole host of kinds of things that happen, and it can come from a number of sources. For example, a number of Gulf War vets were caused major problems with their claims because at one point the military decided that it didn't have enough storage space and it simply started discarding medical records for people in the Iraq and Afghanistan theater. Could be anything. It doesn't have to be that problem, but there are a whole series of ways that your claim can go sideways. So that's what brings us to our topic for today, the importance of appealing. If the VA reaches a decision that they don't have enough evidence to prove your claim, they will deny the claim. And at that point, you have a couple of options. You can say, well, all right, 
I give up and go away. Or you can appeal. And the reason why it's so important to follow the second commandment and always appeal is that if you give up and walk away, what happens is your claim stops. So you have a certain amount of time to file an appeal. And if you go beyond that and let the claim expire, if you come back two years later and decide you want to pursue that claim again, you can't go back to when you originally filed. Instead, you have to start the claim all over again. So it's critically important to always file an appeal and keep that process moving forward. Now, there are lots of ways to get help with your claim. You can get help from the VA. You can get help from other veterans. You can come to a veterans benefits attorney. You can seek help online from various online communities that share an interest in veterans issues. There are lots of ways to get support and encouragement to move forward, but the critical thing is always remember the Second Amendment, Second Commandment, and move forward. How do I appeal? Well, if you've been denied and you appeal, it's pretty straightforward. The process is actually pretty easy. In most instances, a denial will just require a particular form. You have three ways of appealing in the current system. The first is to ask for what's called a higher level review. And higher level review is exactly what it sounds like. Your case gets transferred to a more experienced, higher level person within the VA's regional office adjudication system. Somebody who typically has been certified to handle complicated cases and to do reviews. Those appeals move the fastest, but they're not typically the best. The reason that they're not the best is on that appeal, you're not allowed to submit any more evidence. So if the VA turns you down saying that there's not enough evidence, a higher level review won't help you because you can't give them more evidence to consider. Even if you give them the evidence, they won't consider it. So it's critically important at the appeal stage to decide which appeal is helpful. And that often requires someone with knowledge of the system to assist you. But regardless of whether you proceed on your own or get assistance, there are, as I said, three ways to appeal. Higher level review, as we discussed. A second option is an appeal to the Board of Veterans' Appeals. And that requires filling out a form called the 10182 form. And essentially, it simply says that you want to appeal your case to the Board of Veterans' Appeals. You have some options about how to do that. You can just say, please take the file as the regional office had it and look at it because I think they did a particular thing wrong that entitles me to a different result. Or you can say, please take this file that the regional office reviewed, but here's also additional evidence that I want you to consider. That's an important distinction and one that often needs to be paid attention to. The third one, and the one that, in my experience, generally yields the best result, is appealing and asking for a hearing. Now, I say it yields the best results because statistically, if you ask for a hearing with a VA judge, even though it takes a little longer, there is a 10% greater chance of winning your appeal. So I don't know if you gamble, but if you go to Las Vegas and 
you find a way to increase your odds of winning by 10%, most people would do that. And it's the same in the VA system. So we often encourage clients to proceed with an appeal to the Board of Veterans' Appeals, electing the hearing option so that you not only get to submit more evidence, but you get to explain face-to-face to the judge what is your claim. What is the basis of your claim? What is the evidence supporting your claim? Why it is that you should be awarded these benefits? And in many cases, that's powerful and persuasive. It's very often helpful for us to work with clients to help them understand what are the critical issues to get across to the judge, help them understand the critical points to talk about. But in any event, that's a a very important option and one that I think works best most of the time. There are exceptions. Now, there's a third way to proceed in addition to higher level review or an appeal to the Board of Veterans Benefits. The other way you can proceed is you can file what is called a supplemental claim. And with a supplemental claim, you not only can, but you must file additional evidence. Now, a lot of people get very concerned. They say, well, I've given the VA all the evidence I have. How can I possibly give them more evidence on a supplemental claim? Well, we have to look at that on a case-by-case basis, but often the critical evidence that you need on the supplemental claim will be more medical evidence. Most claims get turned down on the basis that there's not enough medical evidence to show a relationship between the current medical problem you're asking for disability for and what happened in the service. So typically, on a supplemental claim, you would need to get and submit additional medical evidence. And one of the things that we are often able to do working with clients is to help the veteran get the specific medical evidence that he needs. Um, We've been doing this for a long time. We've worked with lots and lots of experts around the country, and we know what experts are familiar with what issues and can help a veteran to provide the critical information necessary to make his claim go forward. Is there a time limit on how quick you need to appeal? Does it need to be done in a week, month? There is a time limit for all of the kinds of appeals that we've just talked about, whether it's higher level review or an appeal to the Board of Veterans' Appeals or a new evidence in the form of a supplemental claim with additional evidence, that all requires that you file within a year. Now, if you fail to file within the year, you lose your opportunity to appeal. That doesn't mean you can never come back and pick up that claim, but you will not be able to get back to the date that you filed. If you let the appeal period expire, you must start over with additional evidence, which is unfortunate. But that's the purpose of our second commandment. Always appeal. Never let the appeal time expire. Never wait more than a year to file your appeal. Get that appeal in the process. How long does it take? Like most legal questions, it depends. But the answer is that it depends a lot on the type of appeal that you select. Right now, cases where people ask for higher level review, the appeal generally takes something in the range of six months. Might be a little more, might be a little less, but around there. If you appeal to the Board of Veterans' Appeals, whether you ask for direct review or you submit evidence or you ask for hearing, it will probably be three years or more. And I know that's depressing to people to hear, but trust me on this, it will usually lead to a faster resolution of your claim overall 
than taking any other route. But finally, there is the supplemental claim approach that we just talked about along with the others. And if you file a supplemental claim, those seem to be taking somewhere around a year on the average. But the problem is that many of those still get turned down and from higher level review or denial of a supplemental claim, either denial of either of those, your only option is to go to the Board of Veterans' Appeals. So for many people, even though they're not excited about the time they have to wait to get the Board of Veterans' Appeals to decide their case, it will actually be faster to take that appeal route than to take one of the others, get denied, and then be forced into that approach. Department of Defense lost my service treatment. For one reason or another, they can't find them. I don't have a time machine. I can't go back in time and get those records. What am I supposed to do on an appeal? If the military records are missing, and that happens to a lot of folks, then the VA is supposed to apply what's called a heightened duty to uh, assist and pay attention to your records of military treatment or VA treatment after the military and your treatment outside the military and outside the VA. But it can be a problem. And one of the ways that you can deal with the problem of missing military records is to get a statement from folks who were in the military with you or folks who knew you before you went into the military and are with you afterwards, friends, relatives, about what has changed between the time you went into the military and the time you got out. So, for example, if you came back from the military with back problems, it would be very helpful to have a statement from someone who knew you before you went in the military. Say, for example, that you were a football player. It would be helpful to get a statement from somebody who was on your team or a coach or someone who, a relative who watched you play regularly, who could say, you know, before we went in the military, this person was a football player. He never had any back problems. He did all kinds of physical activity with no difficulty. And after he came home from the military, Every time he'd pick up something heavy, he'd complain that he hurt his back in the military and now it's hard for him to lift heavy things. But that's simply one example. There are a variety of ways you can go about getting information to support your claim, even if your military records are missing. So I got my VA says that my condition isn't service connected. So why should I bother appealing? Well, if your condition really isn't in any way connected to the service, then you shouldn't bother appealing. But if you know in your heart that your back was fine before you went in the service and it was toast after you spent three years lifting heavy crates of ammunition, then you should appeal. I mean, no one should be applying for benefits for a condition that is not, in fact, related to what happened in service. There are people that do that. It's unfortunate. Those folks should be turned down and we'll leave it there. But if you were genuinely hurt or started a medical process that led to a current disability while you were in the service, you should appeal. And when I say started a medical process, what we find in a lot of cases is that someone will go into the military, they'll perform certain kinds of activities. And my favorite example is paratroopers. All the paratroopers seem to, later in life, develop problems with their knees and their low back. And that's not surprising when you consider what paratroopers do. When you drop out of the sky, you put weight on your feet and legs, and particularly you absorb the, the force with your knees and with your lower back. And it's not uncommon for those repetitive actions to later result in 
problems with your knees, problems with your back. It's just like if you're not in the military, say you're a construction worker or someone who drives a truck and delivers wholesale at the wholesale level where relatively heavy stuff and they spend 20 years jumping off the back of trucks. It is not uncommon for those folks to develop knee problems and back problems. And it's the same with paratroopers in the service. It's the repetitive nature of the impact that does it. Even if the day you come out of the service, you think you're fine, your knees don't hurt, your back doesn't hurt, 20 years from that date, you may find that your knees are toast and your back is very painful. And it's because you started that process of deterioration with those activities in the service. So even if the VA says, oh, your problem is not connected to your service, that doesn't mean anything. You know whether or not your problem is connected to your service. If it is, you should appeal. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And I would invite you, if you're interested in military veterans benefits, to subscribe to the podcast and to listen to our upcoming podcasts. We're putting them out once a week, so please listen in and don't hesitate to uh, tell your friends, tell any other veterans that you know about our podcast. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Victory Over VA podcast. Make sure to visit our website, veteransbenefits.com slash podcast, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show while you're at it. If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like this show, you might want to check out our free consultation to see how we can help you with your denied claim. Simply go to veteransbenefits.com and fill out the form. You fought for us. Now let us fight for you. And be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.